0: DigitalDaren.com. Today is January 13th, 2018. First podcast of the year, and it's a wrap podcast. we on a Saturday, and we had to do an emergency podcast to talk about that Atlanta of Falcons. So, first and foremost, Happy New Year to everybody. Sorry we haven't been publishing in the podcast. We got a couple in the back burner we're going to get out um, during this time. But, Happy New Year, all... Sorry to start on the bad foot, but we got to get this. We got to talk about this. And so today's guest is Calhoun. How you doing?
1: What's going on, bud? Back in the saddle again.
0: Yeah, every time you think you're out, they pull you right back in, huh? And I know better, but here I am. <laughs> so before we get to the Falcons, do you plan on doing podcasts this year?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Okay, because some people asked where we hanging up the boots and where we retiring the podcast and stuff like that. And so I just wanted to give a, a quick answer to everybody. No, we're still doing podcasts. We just – holiday season was in effect. We kind of got away from it, but we're getting back – starting back up, right?
1: Well, we had a minor setback for a major comeback. we don't have some prolific things happening in life. So we're back on the – we're about to get back on the job. These – these – Bomb ass team's gonna get us
0: back on the job. <laughs> yeah, Yo, you can't even live a life. They 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 fuck up every part of your life, every last bit of it. So that's why we're here now. Yeah. So in this emergency podcast, it's, we're talking about the Atlanta Falcons, and it's January thirteenth, two thousand eighteen, ten fourteen p.m. when we recorded it, and what just a couple hours ago, the Falcons lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, fifteen to ten, and. In a game that many thought they shouldn't have lost, right? Is that a good way to start it off?
1: Everybody picked them bomb-ass motherfuckers. gonna so tell you something. We lost to a Nick Foles, Philadelphia Eagles team. So let's just say that. This was a backup quarterback who only scored 15 points, mind you. So
0: let's start off. Before, before we get to the rambling, I think this week Philadelphia was the first underdog in NFL history. So from a gambling so the standpoint. The
1: first number one seed that
0: was an underdog. The first number one seed that's an underdog in NFL history. And for right reasons. I mean, Nick Foles didn't show anybody anything this year when they put him in, right?
1: Yeah, that team is not what... I mean, they are what you think they are. For one, they don't have Carson Wentz, but even with Carson Wentz, I didn't believe in him.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's one of the things where they like a I mean, it's one of them things where they like a, uh, they just a nice feel good regular season story, right? Like, ah, oh, yeah, they did good, and everybody just waiting on them to lose, right? Exactly. So, you know, so walk us through your, your how you felt this week about the Falcons facing the Eagles because we talked about it last week, and one of the things that RTR Double R Matt and kind of the rest of the Digital Darren Podcast crew was talking about how the Falcons can sneak into the Super Bowl with this path. The day is laid before them, right?
1: Well, Max said the best. They had the easiest pass you could think of, in recently to get to a Super Bowl. No, you don't. You didn't believe in the Rams. I didn't believe in the rounds. I didn't believe in Philly. And I thought. And remember, I kept saying they're gonna go to New Orleans, and that's gonna be the game because I didn't believe in either one of these scenes, and rightfully so, as you've seen how they both played out.
0: <laughs> so, thoughts on the game?
1: How the fuck can you continue to be a Falcon fan? So here's something we didn't podcast about. Georgia just lost the national championship Monday. Here it is Saturday. And here we go with this bullshit
0: once again. Well, actually, we're going to do another podcast. We're going to do um, top five worst Atlanta slash Georgia team losses in history. So we're going to get there or whatever. But right now, we're just not they doing They
1: keep giving you gold. All you got to do is hold for it. They keep giving you gold. <laughs> and it's just it's pathetic. This game was pathetic. That should never be a. T- First off, if they don't get that high school piece of shit coordinator off, of that goddamn stop calling plays, this is what we're going to be anticipating. This is your favorite guy, right? This
0: Steve Sarkisian guy. Yeah. So anybody who listen, we did podcast. We've only been out of podcasting for one month, so it's not like it's been forever, but. Anybody who's listened to us this whole year, I started in the Falcons preseason, in the Falcons football week, like, hey, I don't like Sarkeesian. We need to keep an eye on Sarkeesian. We shouldn't have got Sarkeesian. And I just kept standing up point saying, nope, don't go down this path. Don't go down this path. What do the Falcons do? They double down and go down this path. And the whole year when we said it, you were like, well, he ain't that. What's wrong with him? Give him a chance. Double R. Sarkeesian ain't the problem. Everybody was saying the same thing. And I was saying. No, 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 no. Because remember, I wasn't even watching football. So I, I would
1: just, because you was adamant about it. And that is a very toned down way of how you were saying that. You literally was like, hey, you don't hire a fucking drunk for a coordinator. That was your words.
0: I mean, so, yeah, I, you don't I, want a drunk managing your money. Your family or your favorite team, right? So,
1: right. So I, I didn't know nothing about him because again, I'm not a college follower. So you watch Colin was like he sucks. So once I started watching it, that's when I just told somebody I've never seen this many tall sweeps since the '80s. I'm about <laughs> to run that kind of offense no more. <laughs> like when last I started, like literally like uh, this is a Marcus Allen type offense they're running. You haven't even seen this. The game is way too fast to run this many toss suites. This isn't college.
0: So, I think the whole problem with Sarkeesian is he was never that good. So, he's been kind of the beneficiary of being a part of a coaching staff of one really good team. So, you know how, like, everybody wants to hire the Patriots assistants. When the Magic in the Patriots is really Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, if you're not getting one of them, you're not getting into Magic, Right. Right. So, he was part of that Pete Carroll, Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, those USC glory days. But let's be honest, the special sauce was Pete Carroll and Reggie Bush. Like, if you're not getting either one of them, you're not getting anything. So, he's taken that time in his life and lived out a career. He was, he was a so-so coach at Washington at best. He went USC, and he basically at USC took a Cadillac program and turned it into a uh, infinity. You know what I'm saying? He, he took it a step down, wind up getting fired from Dell because he was literally coming to practice and alumni functions drunk. Like they literally had to care, escort him off the campus at his own practices. Cause he was drunk and he wind up parlaying that into a consultant position in Alabama. And when Lane Kiffin left, he coached Alabama in a national championship game. And I remember talking on the group three and I was like, Hey, this guy is the reason they lost to Clemson. Clemson had six turnovers that game, and Alabama only scored 20 points. I was like, we shouldn't be happy we got this guy. So, there's nothing in this coaching career outside that one time where he could say he merited being the positions he've had, he's had. Excuse me. So, I just was the one sending up points saying this isn't a good hire. And we're good, in my mind, with good on good authority. So. what
1: well, do you see it. And you see how he maneuvers He's So I started watching football I think week 10, week 11 And it is The dumbest, most basic Bullshit offense I have seen you have to, You're hard-pressed to find offense This bad And, and it don't, it's even worse Because that team is that good So You have to actually try to Make them look as bad as they look the play calling is not only predictable, it's not only simplistic, it's horrific. And then I blame Dan Quinn again. Not, I I blame them both. But the personnel in which they do things, it's just ass backwards. That's a lot of third and eight. And they take Julio and Sanu off the field. Like, it makes no sense. In the obvious passing situation, they'll take their one and number two receivers off. Today, it was fourth quarter. It was a little over a minute left in the game. They're down at the... But then the five-yard line it's first down, and they have a shovel pass to T.J. Ward.
0: Yeah, I was like, why is he in the game? Because Devontae must have got hurt, and we didn't know it, because you didn't see any more of him on that last drive.
1: No, he didn't. I mean, it, we were saying that he should have should have started riding the hot hand. That was a problem that Georgia had. What you call it? Tim Cumberland was a hot hand. Even if Terry Coleman and Devontae Freeman is is your only options, you don't put Ward in. They get cuter than a pretty bitch on a Saturday night. And this is stuff they do. You have a play to Ward, which is absolutely stupid. Your fourth down play on the goal line, which is already a shortened field, you do a rollout pass.
0: Well, let's save that because in
1: between –
0: Let's save that and we're going to talk more about the fourth down play. In between those two plays – was a Gabriel screen pass. So a team that wasn't even blitzing. Exactly. So I was like, that play would got like three or four yards or something like that. It didn't get that many yards. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, it's, it's like they wasted plays and it's like he was trying to set something up when it's nothing really to set up. You know what I'm saying? So.
1: We can even go before that. So let's let's see how we got here. So here we are in the first half one of the drives that were going on, the Eagles was pushing. They called a timeout on defense. I wasn't too high on a timeout, but I could understand it stop some momentum. But I didn't like the timeout to begin with. Same drive, a few plays later, this dumbass Dan Quinn calls another timeout.
0: I mean, to those two timeouts in the first half and on same drive.
1: And who does that, dumbass? Who does that? That's Stupid.
0: And that was, off, that was that was like at the beginning of the game, right?
1: Yeah, that was first quarter. First yeah. off, you don't even do nothing that stupid that early in the game. You don't even call time timeout. If they score, they score. You get your defense together and make the needed adjustments. But what you don't do is use up your timeouts. Now, fast forward they bitch, the and ask because the last possession that they had in the second half, they didn't have nothing but one timeout. So, of course, nothing materialized because they didn't even have time to regroup after they had a long play pad, after a long pass play. And then they caught themselves rushing Matt Ryan, get set, you have no timeouts. You don't even have the foresight either, you may need a challenge. there's just dumb, what he's known for, Dan Quinn. Bad time management, bad personnel decision, hiring bad offensive coordinator. He hears these plays. It's stupid. It's just nonsense what they have going here. And if you don't notice. I was talking to a uh, pot,
0: a friend of the show.
1: And we was talking, do you notice Sarkeesian doesn't have third and long plays?
0: Yeah. So I, I was going to say that like, we don't have a third and long package. It may be throw it up to Julio. Throw, throw it up. It's like a crossing pass and a throw it up and hope we get a pass in a friend's play. Other than that, it screams and kind of short passes and try to get playmakers in space type passes. And, I think again. I think we're looking at it the wrong way. We're blaming the fool, but we should be blaming the person who hired the fool, right? So,
1: yeah. But be, so behold what you got. You're exactly right. It's the dumbest shit. You're exactly right. You just named his whole plays for the year. That's exactly what this fool does. He calls a screen pass again. Third twelve. You throw a screen pass to a team that's not freaking blitzing. Or he or if it's third and long, if it's like third and over uh 14, thirteen, fourteen, he just hands the ball off, or they'll do a short slant and then try to hope that there's somebody to run for it. it's the dumbest it's the dumbest play
0: calling you've ever seen. Well, I mean because he he, co- he plays play calls like he's in college when you have the best athletes, you can do that type of stuff. And your athletes just take over. So that works on Saturday when you're USC and you have eight You know, you have eight professional players and the other team only has maybe one on their team. So yeah, that may that will work. But like in the pros where kinda to your point where everybody's on the same kind of athletic level, that very rarely works. You have to set people up for certain stuff. And it's like we don't do, it's like we don't watch tape. It's like we aren't thoroughly prepared. And Dan Quinn is—you can tell on offense he's hands off. Like when they're going through offense and it's like a train wreck and it's like the ship is sinking. Excuse me, he just sits there like, well, that's not my job. I let the OC handle it. So he, it's like he'd rather be known for a coach who is hands off on the things he don't fully understand, as opposed to a coach who takes control and right the ship.
1: Which is why I said the first year he should have been fired. Dan Quinn is a moron. He's a Now, what he is, honestly, he's a defensive coordinator. He is not a head coach. And that's what he is. And that's exactly what he does, what you just mentioned. That's how you can blow a 28-3 lead. And that's how you can only score 10 points in the NFL game. This Philadelphia Eagles defense, let's be honest, was not as good as the Rams defense last week. It was not. Aaron Donald put on the clinic and ass-raped everybody who was in front of him. He took turns with everybody. It was a one-man orgy out there. He went, wow. We watched the game together, the whole Digital Dare show, right? Yeah. And we was looking. He was disruptive. It was unbelievable. Matt Ryan had no time, nothing. And they pulled off 25 points. You come with the weaker defense, and what happened to your game plan? This could not have been the game plan. This is pathetic. It was inexcusable. And again, for Sarkeesian to call these stupid plays, for Dan Quinn to hear this and not make any adjustments, and for Matt Ryan doing what Matt Ryan does and running the dumbass play, when you hear fourth down on the third goal line and you hear rollout, you don't run that play.
0: What's your problems with that play? Explain to the explain to the listeners. What's your problems with that play?
1: So here's what everyone knows off-top. When you're on the goal line situation, the, the field shrinks. That's why a lot of teams in the red zone is harder for them to score. You can march all the way down to the red zone, and then it slows up because the field is so much shorter, so it's harder for your offense to move. In a roll-out situation, you cut the field in half. Whatever side you roll out to is the side that you're going to. It's predictable. You don't throw across the field for the most part, especially when you have Matt Ryan Armstrong, because that'll lead to a pick. No, that's an ill-advised throw for anybody. I don't care if it's Steve Young. I don't care if it's Armstrong, Mike Vick, Tom Brady. It doesn't matter. You don't roll right and on one hash throw all the way to the other side of the field. The game, the athletes are too good. So not only have you you have a shorter field, but then you cut that very short field in half when you roll out. So, and on the fourth down play, it was it was doomed from the start. That's like basic football one on one. And so with a mobile quarterback, you might try that because it'll give him a run pass option. But he'll just take off. So if it is like a Mike Vick or a Vince Young or a Marcus Mariota or. or you know, someone like that, he may, t- uh, Deshaun Watson,
0: he may take off. Well, I mean, to take the race out of it, I mean, even the Aaron Rodgers, you know, like any quarterback, cor- uh, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, hell, even Jared Goff, any quarterback who has any type of foot speed.
1: Right, he may get out, but when it's that close and it's that tight, even they on the rollout, because the defense is rolling with you, so it, even, even they will have a hard time, like, this would be only like a, a magnificent athlete like a Cam or Russell Wilson or a Mike Vick that can even attempt that with a short field. But with a Matt Ryan, that is just like the absolute dumbest thing to do. That was a horrible play call from the chunk. And it was doomed to fail. So, like hearing that kind of play. From everybody. For Steve Sarkeesian to be that incompetent to call it. For Dan Quinn to hear that coming down the pipeline and don't veto it. And for Matt Ryan to not audible out of it. It just it just reeks of incompetence.
0: So let's we're gonna talk about each one of those we talked about Sarkeesian, so we're not gonna we can rag on him even more, but that's kinda you know, at this point it's self serving.
1: I don't think we rag on him enough, he's trash. And now this is his first year. I thought Kyle, we thought Kyle Shanahan wasn't good second year, who knows, and it and it exploded. But the, the problem that we have even I have even more so with him because you already have a brand new car. You have no business taking parts off of the car, and that's what he did. This offense is already dynamic. You've seen this offense in action. You have a great idea what it does and what how it will work you seen with Kyle Shanahan, he had the optimal offense. Like You're not going to run the same offense, but you can take things from what he did, and you can build upon that. And it seemed like he came in with a totally different ass, backward-ass offense that don't fit. So the same thing Kyle Shanahan did the first year where he tried to do all that rolling boot shit with Matt Ryan. It was like, this ain't Matt Ryan's game. And he had to tailor it and adjust it.
0: So, so you seen the tailor and adjust, and then you just said, fuck it, I'm going to do it this way. So stop right there. The difference is, and, you know, me and you talked about this, Kyle Shanahan was the Falcons MVP last year. And you could, we, we replaced only one thing related to offense last year, one thing of consequence related to offense last year. It's the coordinator. We took a coordinator who was, argu- in my mind, was the MVP of the team last year. And well, replaced we took him. a lot of different stuff. It was a quarterback coach, too, and, and, and the coordinator. But I, we always had those discussions. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, we, were, I mean, at the top level, we replaced one thing. I mean, Kyle Shanahan was a quarterback coach. So, like, I mean, it was another dude. But we replaced a coordinator who had found his groove and mojo. I mean, he moved on, so it's not like we got rid of. But we had to replace him with <laughs> – Another coordinator, and the Falcons had the biggest drop off in points per game in NFL history. They talked about that. Was it last week or the week before? They they ran the graphic. Week. They ran the graphic. We were, yeah, last week. So to go from Steve Sarkeesian, who had actually found his synergy with Matt Ryan and was having the best year of his up and down career. Let's be honest, right? He was. I mean, Matt Ryan. I mean, not Steve Sarkeesian, Um, Shanahan. He was having the best year of an up and down career.
1: Yeah, but Shanahan, so I don't agree with that. He's an MVP and all that. I don't agree with that at all. I think Shanahan, you just nailed it. He, he's he been more missed
0: than hit. Well, I'm saying last year was an MVP. Like, you don't have to – I mean, most people aren't LeBron. Like, you get one, MVPs who are Bernard King. Bernard King was an MVP the year he won MVP, but that was it. So, like, I think the – I think you see the proof is in the pudding. We're complaining about the offense and a drastic step the offense has taken back. When, and this is going we're going to walk into Dan Quinn when essentially all you replaced was the coordinator. Now, a smart coach. So hold, hold what you got one minute. Here's the thing I have with that. Matt Ryan has consistently been the
1: fact. So remember with the Roddy White Tony Gonzalez thing, we were still averaging like 28 points. Now like we never averaged
0: 31, but we was averaging 28. But that I'm was because Dirk Cutter was a good, so he him and Dirk right. Cutter had the synergy. So I mean, we're gonna walk. I want to walk to Dan Quinn, and we're gonna talk about Matt Ryan. So, um, so you go from an offense, and this is the Dan Quinn part. You go from an offense that was setting NFL records to not promote from within and go get somebody completely unrelated to the program. So normally, a smart coach would be like, "Hey, we have a all time offense." Our offensive coordinator, you knew he was a hot commodity after week four or some shit. Hey, let's get somebody else in the organization shadowing him, getting ready so we can have a seamless transition next year. So whatever synergy he's got with Matt, our next coordinator who's already in the building can kind of pick up the ball where they leave it or as much as possible. Right. That's how it normally goes in any business. If one department is going good, you don't get somebody from a whole nother company. You just promote from within because hopefully they have learned from whoever was making that department a success. So that's where Dan Quinn fails. I mean, to not see that is a huge red X. Not even that he hired a drunk, which is the second X on this. But to not hire from within is a huge question mark on his coaching resume anyway.
1: So the problem with Dan Quinn is this. Shanahan didn't just leave. He also took that side. He took the quarterback coach with him. So he could have run to the quarterback coach. When he and Who knows what the hell he's doing, honestly. Because then he took Raheem Morris, who was on defense and then the cornerbacks. And now he's a wide receiver coach. So, I would have made promoting him the offensive coordinator, but if you're doing all that with Raheem Morris, I'll just make Raheem Morris the head coach at this point. I agree with what you're saying. You're exactly right. And these are direct indictments of Dan Cook. Why he go get Starkey's and I have no idea. None. It it makes no sense and you're exactly right. But more than that, I give it to you again. You, You turn the keys up. When you have a car that you've worked your whole life for and you finally get this Bentley. You don't turn the keys over to your 16-year-old who just going, who just went and got their license yesterday. That's what you don't do. Anybody else drive this car is going to be an established, well-rounded, mature individual to drive this car. You don't let this be Steve Sarkeesian's first career. You know what I mean? This shouldn't be his first offensive coordinator job in the pros. Not the Falcons. Take that shit to Cleveland. Not to the Falcons. Who who had the reigning MVP?
0: So one one person. I mean, you talked. We talked about Dan Quinn. We talked about Steve and Kyle Shanahan, Matt Ryan, and I think we have different views on Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan is as good as his offensive coordinator. I think that's ultimately. His flaw in all of this is that he isn't he's no better than his offensive coordinator. Which is why I say Kyle Shanahan was the MVP last year. Yeah, he had good numbers with Dirt Cutter cause they found some synergy together. But he isn't he's not one of those people you be like, Oh, he got a shitty coordinator, but he can make it right. He's one of those people, if he has a shitty coordinator, he's gonna be shitty. Is I mean I he, agree with you. and he has a good Hold coordinator, on. he's gonna be good.
1: Hold on one minute, cause we, we, we just glossed over. Dan Quinn. There's a lot of meat left on this ball. This Dan Quinn bullshit. I've been saying it since the first year. Get rid of that son of a bitch. When we had the easy schedule and he lost six games straight. I said it the second year. Even when it was clicking and they went and it was 28 to 3 and you lose a Super Bowl with three minutes left in the third quarter. I said it then. That needs to be a change. He's not a good coach. I said it again this year. You cannot sit idly by if you know about offense or not. You can't sit here and watch rudimentary dumb shit and let that play out. As a defensive coach, you can game plan against Sarkeesian that easy. Even if it's one week, if you do like that whole Mike Dicker, Buddy Ryan, and y'all in practice, and you just shut his offense down completely and be like, hey, fix this shit by Sunday or you're fired. Do something. And his time management skills are the worst I've ever seen. He gets out-coached by everybody. He got out-coached last week by a 31-year-old. We're both older than that motherfucker. (laughs) Doug Peterson. He should have been stranded on Gilligan's Island with a name like that. He got out-coached again. Danny (laughs) Quinn continuously get out-coached. By no names. We're not talking about the Bill Belichick's. We're not talking about, and no one knows how far, Andy Reid's. We're not talking about Rivera's or Sean Payton. We're not talking about Mike Tonglins. We're talking about first and second year, third year uh, coaches. And that, they outcoach him. He's ridiculous. He's trash. He can get the defense together. That's why our defense is so stark. But as a coach, he's no good. All he's good for is making these bullshit bumper sticker logos (laughs) in brotherhood and rise up bullshit, but he doesn't cash any checks. Dan Quinn is a major problem. And again, he's the one who brought that drunk motherfucker down here.
0: I think again, Dan Quinn is a huge problem. Again, one of our favorite sayings is the enemy of greatest good. It would take some major balls to move on from Dan Quinn at this point. Balls I don't think Arthur Blake had, or anybody in the upper management had. Isn't Tom still in office when he's when he sitting next to him. But... <laughs> yeah. So you goddamn
1: know he ain't got no fucking balls. Goddamn what? He ain't got no goddamn balls. He's fine with it. And that's why his ass is going to be freezing on the sideline losing 10 to 15. You still got a motherfucker in the building that should have been out of the building four, five fucking years ago. So, no, he don't have the balls. Dan Quinn sealed his ticket. Dan Quinn gonna be another fucking five years losing with that bullshit speech. And then we're gonna lose another coordinator. we gonna, I'm gonna say, we're gonna fuck around. We're gonna lose the best coach we have on our staff. You know the best coach we have on our staff?
0: Keith Armstrong.
1: Hey. Oh, he ain't got a coach. He's the second best. I think Raheem Morris is the best coach. He went from being a head coach. He was a defensive cornerbacks. He coached them so good. He's coaching wide receivers. He's coaching our wide receivers. And last year they moved him to wide receiver coach. Look at what he's what he's able to do here.
0: I see. I think I I think Raheem Morris leaves a little to be desired. Cause the Falcons oh. dropped too many. They led the league in drops this year.
1: He can't. What
0: he got? He even got hands for them bums? I mean that, but that's a reflection on his job. But I do agree that I agree that he's one of the stronger coaches the Falcons got. I. How do I frame this? I don't
1: know. Before you said, it, I put it like this:
0: If he wasn't black, he would already have a head coaching job again. I agree with that. Guy. I, I think he got the. I think he got the shaft in Tampa. Let's put it like that.
1: He did. And if he wasn't black with what he what he's been doing the last few years in Atlanta, if he wasn't black, he would have already had another head coaching year. I agree with that. I
0: agree with
1: that. But that whole staff would have cleared out last year. Like they would not just got Kyle Shanahan, who's absolutely done nothing but had one good year. They would have went and got they would have went and got him too. Yeah. Two more coaches would have been off our roster. That would have been Keith Arnshawn and Raheem Martin if they
0: wasn't black. Yeah. So.
1: But
0: that's what Dan Quinn is. Well, I mean, so again, I think Dan Quinn is a big part of the problem. I think that you will have a. Ho- I think it's going to be hard pressed to fire him without cause. I, I, I don't think the Falcons are that fast forward of an organization to see something and do something bold like that. Because again, man, you. And we talk about, you know, we haven't given Matt Ryan enough, you know. In this shit, in this blame game. And I, that's what we're going to get to now. But what are your thoughts on Matt Ryan? Because Steve Young said this a long time ago. He's a corporate quarterback. He's only going to be as good as what's around him or whatever.
1: Matt Ryan is a top 10 quarterback. Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback. Matt Ryan can win you a Super Bowl. Matt Ryan is not an elite quarterback. The, what makes you not elite? He has certain flaws, and his flaws are fatal, which is why he's good and not great. His flaw is, and I've said it, I agree with you, not only he's a corporate court, he's a fucking robot. You push A button to throw the ball, he throws the ball. Whatever you crawl down that is what he runs. It's stupid because he's to run a fucking offense, because when they go two minutes and he running it himself, the offense moves flawlessly. And he did it with Mike Mularkey, and they started doing that sugar huddle shit because they seen what it was. They did it with Dirk Cutter, Even Kyle Shanahan did it, because that's the thing. The first year when Kyle Shanahan was that he handcuffed him, and it looked like that. And now he don't even do it with Steve Sarkeesian. You're absolutely right. He's only as good as the coordinator. But the thing is, he'll get your, your fucking coordinator a fucking head job. That's how good he is. Dirk Cutter, head job. Mike Malarca, head coaching job. Goddamn Kyle Shanahan, head coaching job. He's that good to get him a fucking head coaching job. But what he's not at, he's just going to call what you tell him to call. So when it's eight in the box and you call a fucking toss sweet, right? He's going to toss the fucking ball. He's not going to audible and shoot it the Julio on the go route. That's not what he's going to do.
0: You don't think that's a fatal flaw?
1: I, I, I just said it is. I think it's the dumbest shit. It's unbelievable. It's so stupid.
0: And this is why Kyle Shanahan... With your point, you just proved my point that Kyle Shanahan was the MVP. So it's just like playing Madden. It's just like playing Madden. If I'm having a really good Madden game, I'm like on fire on Madden. I'm hitting all the right plays. I'm hitting all the right plays. I'm doing all the right calls. I'm hitting all the open receivers. I'm the man, not the fucking robotic quarterback who doing the stuff. And that's the same thing with Matt Ryan. He's not He's only as good as his coordinator, so I don't see how the coordinator doesn't get more ca- more credit. No, he's not. I don't know
1: why you want to shoot this like this. No, he's not because you have to execute it. So no, so you were seeing it with with this year. One reason, another reason why Steve Sarkeesian looks as bad as he does. Not only is he bad, and he has horrible coaching, but because they led the league in drops, because they have interception with batted balls, because there are untimely uh, penalties that they that they suffer. It's not just the court. No, no, it's not the coordinator because the players have to execute the play. doesn't matter what you call. If your players do not execute the play, Matt Ryan is good enough to make you make your plays work. That's what he is. So that's why he is what he is. No, no, it ain't Kyle Shanahan no MVP. Man, Ryan's a goddamn MVP because you can go 13, you throw 13, uh, you throw touchdown to 13 different receivers, which has never been done before. Because in your play, he's not going to the primary receiver. He don't go to the second round. He's taking down to the fourth and the fifth receiver. And so when you have a quarterback who's that good, yeah, you look good. Of course you can. But you have to have an MVP To be able to make those plays. So, was he an MVP this year? Huh?
0: Was he an MVP this year?
1: This
0: year? Yeah. Hell no. Again, only one thing. Matt Ryan, has he been a a serious... Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Can I ask you this? How many years in his career was he? in His 10 years now, right? Yeah. How many years has he been a serious MVP candidate?
1: Three.
0: So... 30% 30% he's been, 70% he hasn't been.
1: Yeah.
0: Would you compare that to the Breeze and the Brady's in world? I'm not I'm not comparing Matt Ryan to the Breeze and the Brady's. It's Would like you Matt say Ryan. he's like Phillip Rivers? Huh? Would you say he's Philip Rivers? Yeah. And the problem like, and we, like he's is
1: he's Philip. he's Eli, he's Cam, he's Russ. I mean, I'm not Cam or Russell.
0: That different. Well, he's he's, he's Philip Rivers. He's his doppelganger is Philip Rivers. He's too good to let go, but not good enough to win you the big one. And that's the problem with the no, Atlanta Falcons. He's him, Dan Quinn. They have the ultimate synergy. Shit goes crazy around them, and they don't know how to handle themselves. They just sit there with that same dumb, calm, confused ass look, and you can't. You right on some of that, but the difference with him and Phillip
1: is this. Phillip ain't never been no goddamn Super Bowl. Phillip when he had his
0: shot, he had his shots when LT was there. And they both lost to the same team, the Patriots. They just on two different sides of the bracket.
1: Right. So he's not gonna be them, but too, the second part of this is he wasn't gonna be there because of Bomb Man bitch ass LT. I think he's been to the ALC conference championship twice, and both time LT bitched up. Remember? He got down, didn't play. Uh, he get out the game and all that stuff. It was LT that was fucking them. Oh, man. Could? They went 13 and 3 or 14 and 2. They had all the pieces. Damn, star player. The best player on that team wasn't Philly Rivers. The best player on that team was LT. LT bitched up. That's why they didn't win.
0: I I'm think, so I think they're eerie similar that they're too good to let go and not good enough to win you the big one. I, and whatever you say about Matt Ryan, we were up 28-3. to three, And just his personality, he did not audible out of one plate. He didn't change anything. But then any. again, that goes back to the guy who you're trying to claim
1: for the MVP. Matt Ryan is good enough to
0: win because we should have won. And, but yet yeah, we that. didn't. Like, all should have, would have, could have, we did As bad as Kyle Shanahan – hold on. As bad as Kyle Shanahan did, not one time did Matt Ryan like, fuck what Kyle Shanahan doing. All we're going to do is something different to win this goddamn game. He don't do that. And that's why he's not – that's why he's only as good as his coordinator. His ceiling is his offensive coordinator. If his offensive coordinator is on, he's going to be on. If his offensive coordinator is shit, he's going to be shit. Steve Sarkeesian is shit this year. That's why Matt Ryan looked like shit. Kyle Shanahan was on last year. That's why he looked like he was the shit. Matt Ryan is only as good as his coordinator. And again, when you don't have a head coach who step on people's throat, and you don't have a coordinator step on people's—I th- mean—and a quarterback who don't step on people's throat, the last thing you need is a coordinator who's in there drunk, who's not. <laughs> it, it, they don't need that. And you know, we're gonna we keep circling the wagons and making the same point. I wanna get off of that and ask you this. Can you give me three things that were disappointing about the game today?
1: Damn, Chris, Cesar, Keisha, man.
0: Not people, three things. Like, can you say like did I was disappointed in this? Points. There's no
1: way in the fuck you should ever have ten points. Uh the lack of them, they did going back to the Georgia game, they did what Kirby Smart did. Uh Coleman was the high hand. We didn't need Freeman. This wasn't Freeman game. Should have been Coleman's game uh and the third point was the play caller the play caller was horrendous it was predictable it was trash. Those are the three points you don't score ten points, so that's heinous that's a crime, but that so, offense that is a crime.
0: you keep saying that, but that's that's who we are like i think you i think you're looking at it too optim- you may be too optimistic I may be too pessimistic No, and it's
1: like, not who we are you've seen that. That is not who the Falcons are. That's who Steve Sarkeesian is with that goddamn Allen, with that Georgia offense. That's who they've been no, this not. year. Huh?
0: That's who they've been this year. To this today is nothing more than what they've been this year. Just a little less than normal. And
1: that's and that's pathetic. And that goes back to the three motherfuckers that we blame. And guess who else I'm gonna put it now? I'm gonna also put two more motherfuckers now, Arthur Blank and Thomas Dimitrov in this equation. So, why would you put Arthur Blank? Y'all let him hide this motherfucker. Y'all not even vetting this shit. Y'all, nobody's like, oh, I don't think that's a good... Steve is not a good idea. Kyle Shanahan, we didn't like it. Honestly, nobody liked that when he got here. But then the least you could do is like his pedigree. This motherfucker has no pedigree, no nothing, no name. And we were watching that Clemson game together in Alabama. And we watched it. Remember that? We watched that night and Clemson didn't win that game. Alabama lost that game. But more importantly, Steve Sarkeesian lost that game.
0: I told y'all, like I said, Lane Kiffin, this game is a blowout. I was like, Lane Kiffin, Alabama beat Clemson by 20 easily. No matter how great Deshaun Watson playing. They turned the ball over six fucking times. I remember you saying that while we were watching that shit. They gave
1: that game away. And it was Steve Sarkeesian. The biggest disappointment was that to me. For one, the play call was horrendous. You only scored 10 points. You did, your personnel decision was atrocious. It didn't make no sense.
0: What were your three? My three was, one, not Ryan Tevin Coleman. I think it was obvious early that he was... You know, I like Tevin Coleman more than y'all do, but I think it was obvious early that this was kind of more his game than Devontae's game. Yeah. Two... Not having Julio out there for kind of key plays. Like, it took for us to get our back against the wall to really force the ball to Julio. Like, we go to Sanu too much. I'm not a Sanu fan. I think he's actually overrated. And so, But I think that us not going to Julio enough. And three, that fucking last play of the game. That was a shit show play. That was some bullshit. Yeah, that was like, I don't know. Like, that's a play you, let me say this. That's a play you run when you're going to do a throwback. When, like, hey, I'm going to just roll everybody one way. Have somebody sneak out of the back and throw it across to them. Like, if you're not doing, if you're doing, if you're not doing that play, rolling out makes fucking no sense for Matt Ryan. So, those are the three things that were kind of extremely disappointing to me. Um, Let me ask you this. We talked about this. Where do the Falcons go from here? Moving forward.
1: Also, second year, our kids can do the same thing like Kyle Shanahan do. If we look at it, we I we I've already said it. They're like that Cincinnati team with Andy Dalton and both of the running back Jeremy Hill and Giovanni uh, you know, G- Giovanni Bernard and Atkins, and they loaded and they don't do nothing. They're just like that Detroit team that was loaded, that San Diego team that was loaded. You only have about a good two three year window of this, and it's over with. You have to capitalize now. So on the field, it's only like one or two positions that you can that you can upgrade. Now, of course, you can upgrade them bomb ass corners, but you're so tied into them financially, you're not gonna upgrade them. So maybe another lineman, offensive lineman, and a safety, but for the most part, your team is set. This is all culture at this point. You have to make the right coaching moves. You I think it's
0: time to blow it up. I think I think that the Falcons are the San Diego Chargers. I think that they are every year. We can go in and think we got a chance because we got a top ten quarterback, as you say, and we got the talent around us, as we say. But every year we'll come up short. I think coaching is a part of it, but I think that this combination of players and I think this combination doesn't work. Coaching players, I don't think this works.
1: I think that is the craziest thing I've heard. That is the dumbest shit I've heard. That's just like going to school, working, interning for a job, working your way up the ladder, and a week of being the CEO, you quit. That's exactly what this is like. I don't think you blow it up. We're just now... Getting to the point where it matches last year, the offense was the shit. The defense wasn't. This year, the defense is the shit. The offense isn't. We're just not as a team getting into the prime. Don't break it up now. Again, you got two, three years of it. You say breaking up. What you mean? Getting rid of who? I
0: think is, I think you get rid of coaching. I think you get rid of Matt Ryan. I think you get rid of. I think you revamp this team. You get rid of Julio. Again, you know me. I'm not as big a Julio guy as y'all are. So I, I mean, said, who are you getting rid of in this revamp? I think you got. I think you do this. I think if I think it's time to. Get, I think it's time for the Matt Ryan era to be over. You got a quarterback who got a good five more years in mean, him. That's when you. That's when you want to get rid of. Let me ask you this: Would you trade Julio? I mean, would you trade Matt Ryan for Eli? Manning. Yeah. Fuck no. Would you trade him for Kirk Cousins? No. Okay. You don't think it's new blood needed? No. Nah, nah,
1: no, no, nah, no. Nah, we was talking. Yeah,
0: that's remember this? You can most people can't see the most people can't hear the train until it's right up on them. No, this isn't one of those. We clearly were just in the Super Bowl last year and our team did. So this wasn't like So we then, did the Super Bowl okay. Last year and we lost key pieces. We didn't. And that's the it's reason easy. why. We were in the Super Bowl last year. This <laughs> is a think about this. This is a huge step back for the organization. The fact had to win in week 17 to even make the playoffs. So let's not act like they just we looked at the Buffalo Bills 30 for 30. And they were like, look, the next year we knew we were going to the Super Bowl. We had to show them that we weren't a fluke. Now, them third and fourth years, they were kind of like, whoa, we did it again. But this ain't like that with the Falcons.
1: You just made it. It's the offensive coordinator.
0: It's, if Kyle Shanahan was still here, we're not even having this discussion. But he's not. And so the point is, and you know how football works, any coordinator with any level of success is getting a job that year. So if the next coordinator came in and was just as good as Kyle Shanahan, he would be up for a co- coaching position.
1: So you don't get rid of the players; you get you get a co- you get the coordinator, which goes back to Dan Quinn being the, per- the being the culprit here. That's the problem. Let me show you an example here. The transition from Mike Mularkey to Dirk Cutter was not that big of a drop off, was it? No. Oh. It pretty much was almost like an even kill. We pretty much just kept the wheels on the track. That shit was a smooth transition. This shit is crazy. The reason why is because this is two totally different coordinators, and this motherfucker don't know what he's doing. You don't break up the team. You break up that culture. staff not go even further. Now that you see what's going on, you got to get a Todd Haley, a key coordinator. That's all this team really need. Let's be honest. This team really need a court, an offensive coordinator. That's what it needs. I
0: think that's. I think that'll help. But I think that they. I think the factors are the San Diego Chargers. No matter what you get, they're gonna be a day. Chargers never went to Super Well, no matter what you get, they're gonna be a day late and a dollar short.
1: I don't think so. If they get the right offensive coordinator, this shit is back on track. But they have to have the balls
0: to get the right offensive coordinator. That's what they have to do. So, you're saying they should fire Sarkeesia now? Right now. Do you think they're bold yeah. enough to make that move?
1: They're not. And that's why you're going to be fucked. You have three years of this team. Because crowd has kept Julio going to be 10, 10, 11 years. And 10, 11 year Julio is not what you want. Matt Ryan's still going to have like two years, but you need to start getting him out of here. Because think about it now. He's four years. Uh, younger than even Ben Rosenberg Ben Rosenberg is still playing good football but Tell when me. the last time Pittsburgh
0: went to a Super Bowl
1: and nobody's going past the Patriots over there that's the problem you talking about you're talking about, the, you're talking about some
0: of this shit man some of these motherfuckers and that's the point I was getting to we're not gonna get past the Patriots with Matt Ryan we could be the team who has we could be your Knicks we could have LeBron waiting in the wings
1: I disagree I disagree we had him by the balls we had him I can't agree to that because we literally had kicked his ass the only problem came because we had a bitch ass coordinator
0: who refused to run the ball the second half? And, and a bitch ass quarterback who did all the it. And a bitch ass quarterback who did all the it. We just said that's just a fatal flaw. And, that's, and so that's your – you're proving my point by just saying his fatal flaw is what can cost him the game because he's –
1: His fatal flaw is why you have to have an offensive coordinator. That's what they're missing. They're not missing that on the field. You don't need to blow this motherfucker up. No, that's that's ludicrous. What they're missing is simply a, offer, a competent offensive coordinator. That's
0: when you say they're... Shanahan was competent last year?
1: Would I say he was? Yeah. Not in the Super
0: Bowl. Was he competent last year? Not in
1: the Super
0: Bowl. Was he competent last year? No. Okay. Well, we can just leave it right there then, cause he was he had one of the highest scoring offenses in NFL history. He got he, he parlayed that into a head coaching job for himself. So in my eyes, that's the definition of competent. My, well, Mike Malarkey went to a head coaching job, so did Dirk Connor. They Matt Ryan got them a coaching job. But I'm trying to tell you about Matt Ryan, but he I mean he's always the enemy of greatest good he's the definition of it he's never great, often good
1: here's my problem with this the same with Matt Ryan Dan Quinn is a bigger problem than not we even thinking and with us talking has made me lead to this this is a fucking blow off out of Patriots. this is what's made me lead to this Dan Quinn has no idea what kind of quarterback he has. He keep getting these Russell Wilson type offensive coordinators for this motherfucker, Matt Ryan, if you know. And Matt Ryan don't fucking speak up. He damn sure don't. And that's the problem. Dan Quinn don't have a pulse on the situation. He's a fucking moron. You don't get some of these people to even coach Matt Ryan. I give Kyle Shanahan this as much as I don't like him. Kyle Shanahan is good enough to change what he does because that's exactly what Dan Quinn did. Dan Quinn, we when they got a coordinator for Russell Wilson and then had Matt Ryan in it. And then Matt Ryan met with the motherfucker. I was like, I can't run this shit. You need to run what I need to run. And that's what Kyle Shanahan did. He doing the same thing with, Kyle, with Sarkeesian. I don't know what kind of offense he's looking for. These motherfuckers ain't it for the team that he has. It's craziness. Dan Quinn, I don't know what he's doing. When Todd Haley was out here for the picking, that's who they should have picked. That's
0: the as a coordinator we need? All right, we don't ran it for fifty minutes. Let's wrap this up.
1: Fuck the Falcons.
0: Who? What changes? What happens next year? Where do we go for next year? Just next year. And can we honestly win the Super Bowl next year? We
1: can honestly win the Super Bowl, but I don't think we can win it with Sarkisian. I don't think we went was with Sarkeesian because Kyle Shanahan was doing shit you you didn't see. You could see what he was doing, but you could see he was better than Steve Sarkeesian. Like even when he was bad, he you could see he was better than Steve Sarkeesian. Like even the press guy, he was like, "My job is to get the ball to Julio." Like you ain't like that, but like we need to get the ball to Julio. Steve Sarkisian, he don't look, he don't look good. I don't know if he is. I don't know. This is the first year they're in his offense, but I don't think he's good. And if they do not get rid of Steve Sarkisian, because we don't have to worry about a team coming to pick his bum ass up, I hope the God somebody signed him this year. But if they do not get someone against Sarkisian, then it's going to be what you said. Then they might as well go into rebuild mode.
0: Thank you guys for listening. This has been Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend.